you know, we don't stop belonging to each other just because we have to be separate from each other. And um, we're privileged to live in a time and place where we have the opportunity to connect in some different ways, including online. So much has changed in the past couple weeks around the world as we experience the growing spread of COVID-19. As we're all trying to figure out how to live in times of physical distancing and quarantine, it's been easy to feel overwhelmed, anxious, and afraid for kids and for adults. You know, my mother used to say a long time ago, whenever there would be any really catastrophe that was on the, in the movies or or on the air, she would say, always look for the helpers. There were, there will always be helpers, you know, even just on the sidelines. This quote about looking for the helpers is from Fred Rogers, who's known to many of us who grew up watching him on TV as simply Mr. Rogers. Today, we're talking with different people across the United States to explore what it looks like for all of us to not only look for the helpers, but to be the helpers, even in a global pandemic hitting very close to home. I'm Kayla Craig, and as part of the Preemptive Love team, I get to help produce and edit the episodes you hear of the Love Anyway podcast. At Preemptive Love, we want you to know, even in this pandemic, we are not going anywhere. And I mean that beyond the physical distancing. We are committed to the people and places you help us serve around the world, including providing emergency aid in Iraq and Syria and Mexico and South America. As we mentioned in the last episode, this pandemic is affecting everyone, especially the most vulnerable among us. On today's episode, we're jumping in to share what life is looking like for those of us in the United States. My life has drastically changed in the past couple weeks, and I'm guessing yours has too. I'm recording from my home in Des Moines, Iowa, and this is the Love Anyway podcast. And stay tuned, because at the end of this episode, we have a special important message from Jeremy Courtney, Preemptive Love's founder and CEO. So back to Mr. Rogers. Many of us remember hearing his admonition for children to look for the helpers in times of chaos. And as life as I know it has continued to change in the face of COVID-19, it caused me to ask, who are the helpers in my own small circle of friends and family? To start, I didn't have to look any further than my friend and team member, Lindsay. Welcome friends. Welcome revolutionaries. Super glad you're here. All right, let's read about family, should we? As many of us receive directions to self-quarantine or shelter in place and schools and workplaces closed, Lindsay saw that many of her friends who are parents are also working full-time from home while trying to care for their kids. So she started a weekday story time program online for children. I'm Lindsay Pruitt Hornbaker, and I'm the grant officer for Preemptive Love. So I get to research and write grants for funding opportunities to keep our programs going. I called Lindsay to ask her about story time. Hey, Lindsay. Hey, Kayla. I'm excited to talk today. Yeah, me too. Thank you. 
So my kids, as you know, I have four of them and they all have been watching your story time. So they love it. I love it. Tell me about what you're doing and why. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that your kids love it. Um, So I am reading stories every weekday just for 15 or 20 minutes on Facebook Live um, for any kids that want to watch and um, I guess any grownups that want to watch as well. But it's also just an opportunity for parents or other important grownups who are taking care of kids um, to have just a 15 minute break and go get a cup of coffee and let their kids sit. Um, and we talk a little bit about life and about our feelings and about how we're doing because stuff is hard right now. Um, and then we read a story together. What gave you the idea to start this? Honestly, I am uh, quarantined in my own house right now. I am pregnant. And so I can't get out and about very much. Um, and that also means that I can't teach Sunday school, which mm. I usually do on a weekly basis. Um, and so I don't have a lot of communication with the outside world, but I also have a group of friends who are moms who usually work full-time out of the house and right now are in the house also working full-time, um, with young kids around. And we are just chatting about how they do love having their kids around, but it's just really challenging right now to try to navigate that new, Um, work atmosphere and they could just really use a break. And I thought, you know, there's not a lot that I can do, um, but something that I can do and I can do virtually is give them a little bit of a break. And so I thought, okay, well, I have these great kids books and um, I've been calling it stories for little revolutionaries. And I thought, let's just, I'm going to take advantage of this situation and um, read some of these kids' books that I love and talk about how kids have the opportunity to change the world um, and give them some tangible things that they can do all while their parents can just take a seat and drink a cup of coffee and take a deep breath if they need to. Mm. So what kind of tangible tips have you kind of been offering the kids as you do these story times? I like to start out just by talking about what our feelings are. It helps us ground ourselves. Um, I think it's really good for everyone's mental health. And I also think, you know, everybody's getting into new routines or different routines right now and things feel off from what they normally feel like. And so just having an opportunity to sit and breathe and think, how am I feeling? What's going on in my body and my mind and my spirit right now? it's kind of a sneaky tip for kids to <laughs> check in with mm-hmm. themselves um, and recognize how they're feeling. And then we also do something called starfish breathing, which is, again, another grounding exercise to kind of just take some deep breaths and remind the kids that they're safe and they're loved and they're important and that they're welcome in our story time space. Um, again, because things are just different and weird right now, I think for a lot of kids who are stuck at home and don't have other kids to play with and are trying to also navigate their parents' work lives while they're at home trying to do school or trying to play. So. Those are a couple of things that I do. And then I've also just been kind of offering tips alongside the books that we're reading um, on things that they can do to make the world a better place. I think um, right now can be really confusing for kids because it's a lot of like big grown up issues that need to be fixed right now and they don't have a lot of control over it. Um, so reminding them that they do have control over the way that they treat themselves and treat the people around them is really important and gives them um, something that they can do to make, you know, things feel a little bit better right now, um, but also just good life lessons. So thinking about 
what can they do to be um, kind to their own bodies and to themselves? Um, and what can they do to change the world with the magic that they have inside of them? What are things that they have that are strengths that they can use to help the people around them to feel better? Those kinds of things um, are things that we've been talking about. Mm. That's so good. I mean, I've been learning right alongside you. And I was talking to my husband and we were talking about how you said, let's check in with your feelings. How are you feeling? And we were both like, oh, yeah. How are we feeling? Yeah, right. Because <laughs> this is a hard time. And, and sometimes we just get into the zone of the next thing and we forget to, as adults, to check in with our bodies. So Absolutely. I've appreciated that. And I've appreciated that even in this time of social isolation, you have figured out a way to foster community and give what you can give using your talents and your creativity. So thank you for that. You know, we don't stop belonging to each other just because we have to be separate from each other. And um, we're privileged to live in a time and place where we have the opportunity to connect in some different ways, including online. So so we've been kind of thinking about this idea, um, like Mr. Rogers said, look for the helpers. And yeah. in some ways, you are a helper. You're, you're reaching kids and families, even in a time where you can't leave. But also, in some ways, you have experienced receiving help being on the other end. And I'm just wondering if you could talk a little bit about how, especially in these times with the coronavirus and this global pandemic, if it's okay to receive help if you need it. Oh my goodness, so much. Um, I think, honestly, we have this dynamic kind of set up in our society where we think about helpers um, and we think about people being helped and we don't necessarily think of those people as being the same people. But I truly believe that, you know, in order to be helpers, we also have to be helped. <laughs> um, we have to be open to both of those things, to being able to help in the places that we can, but also being willing to accept help where we need it. Um, like I said, I am pregnant right now, so um, I can't even go out and get my own groceries. So my wife goes out and gets groceries for us every week and just checks in on me and makes sure that my mental health is doing okay. And I have a great group of friends that um, we connect with each other all day long just to say, hey, how are you doing? Um, I had a friend who reached out last week and said, I cannot be isolated like this anymore. I need you to check in with me via video chat every day. Um, and she's a kindergarten teacher. She's very accustomed to being the helper um, and the teacher. But uh, she had to say, this is what I need. And I was that was really brave of her. Um, and actually, that's kind of what got me started thinking like, we, we all do need help, right? Again, it's not an either or, am I a helper or am I being helped? I think part of being an effective helper and part of just being effective at humaning right now is being able to recognize that we need help and when we need help and being able to accept it because that's we truly need that in order to be stronger as people and stronger as a community. We can't do it alone. Mm, so good, Lindsay. I'm so glad I get to work with you. <laughs> I'm so glad I get to work with you. <laughs> okay. Is there anything else that you'd like to add kind of in this conversation? It's a really tough time for everybody. And you know, I say this to the kids when I talk to them, but I also want to say this to all the adults that are listening. Like this is a time when we just need to be really gentle with ourselves and with the people around us. And sometimes that's all that, you know, that's all the extra that we can do for a day is just be gentle. And I recognize that I'm coming from a place of 
relative privilege saying this, you know, I get to work from home and I don't have small kids running around. Um, so if I need to take a break, I can take a break. And I know that that's not the case for everybody, but I do think everybody has the capacity um, to just take a deep breath every once in a while and ask, you know, am I being gentle with myself right now? And am I being gentle with the people around me? Because this is really hard. Um, but there's no other way to state it. You know, it's just a hard time. Um, and it's okay to feel big feelings right now. Um, it's okay to feel stressed out. Um, but again, um, it's also okay to reach out and ask for help. And it's more than okay to practice some gentleness with our own minds and bodies and spirits. As I mentioned to Lindsay, I'm a mom to four young kids. My husband and I are privileged to be able to work from home, but as many parents around the world are experiencing, it can be a challenge to work and try to teach your kids too. My kids range in age from four to nine years old. In the midst of a workday with kids running around, I pulled out my recorder to ask my kids how things were going. Okay, say your name and how old you are. I am Asher and I'm six years old. And when do you turn seven? In six more days. In six more days. And is your birthday going to be a little different this year? Yeah. Why is it going to be different? Because the coronavirus. Yeah. So what are we going to do for your birthday? Like a family party, right? Yeah. Yeah. What were we going to do for your birthday party? Uh, go to Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. Is that something we can do anymore? No. No. How come? Because the coronavirus. So, what does that mean, the coronavirus? Um, so, like, it gets people sick. Yeah, yeah. So, in our family, who do we need to be extra careful that we make sure that they don't get sick? Joseph and Eliza. Yeah, so tell me tell me about Joseph. He has sickle cell. Yeah, yeah. And what about Eliza? She has special needs. Yeah. So what are ways that we're keeping each other healthy and safe? Um, by eating good food and buying lots of food and being healthy. Yeah, so like washing our hands. Yeah. And are we going to like the library and to school right now? No. No. So we're staying home, right? Yeah. So we've done some school stuff at home. Yep. Like what? Um, like... Engineering? So what did engineering look like? Like, so Legos and we builded stuff. Yeah. And I built a car. That car was really cool. Thanks. What was the coolest part about the car? Um, it had three wheels and it went really fast. Yeah, it did go really fast when we tested it out. So Mr. Rogers says... Look for the helpers when things are kind of scary. Who's Mr. Rogers? You know, Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood? Yeah. Yeah, so that came from a show that Mr. Rogers used to have when I was a little kid. And even when Grandma and Pop-Pop were little kids. Oh. Yeah. So who are helpers that you can think of when things are kind of weird or scary? Mm, Grandma? Dad? How are they helpers to you? Because they help me, because Grandma lets us frost cookies, and she's really nice, and Dad helps me with my Lego creations. Yeah, that's really cool. I think helpers can be anyone that you know, right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes helpers are like doctors, or police officers, 
or people that are stocking like the grocery store, like yeah. Uncle Nathan. Mm-hmm. And sometimes helpers can just be our family members and how we take care of each other and love each other. How can you be a helper? By um, washing my hands, helping other people be safe, and give them healthy food. I like that. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you can go play. Yay! Abram, how old are you? Three. Three? Mm-hmm. Are you going to be four soon? Yeah. Yeah? Because it's your birthday tomorrow night. <laughs> it's not my birthday tomorrow night, you silly goose. It's mine. When when we just listened to story time with Miss Lindsay. Yeah. Yeah. She's the cutest mom in the world. <laughs> she a- talked about heroes. Who are your heroes? What did you just do? Did you just point at me? Yes. Oh, that's- you're my hero. Oh, I love you, buddy. Are we having lots of family time and right now? you're the best mom in the world. Oh, thank you, Abram. I love you very much. I'm proud of you. I'll be on the podcast. Hey, Joe. What's up? I'm Joseph Craig, and I'm and I'm nine and maybe three quarters. Of course, I'm not nine and a half. When we are talking about coronavirus, if you hear mom and dad talking or you hear something on the news, how does it uh, make you feel? Yeah. It makes me feel a little scared, but you tell me we're safe. And when... And when you're sick, you should stay home because you don't want germs spreading all over it. When Mr. Rogers talked about looking for the helpers, he was talking about how, when he was a child, his mother pointed to adults who were helping in crisis situations. People like emergency personnel, first responders, firefighters, police officers, and healthcare workers. My teammate, Dane Barnett, is the student and university engagement manager here at Preemptive Love. After traveling, he's now home and currently in self-quarantine. He lives with his mom, who is a nurse on the front lines in a pediatric emergency department here in the United States. He recorded a conversation with her from their kitchen table to share with you. Okay, so I'm sitting here with my mom, and she just got home from work. My name's Chris Barnett. I am a registered nurse in a level one trauma center emergency room, which I've been in for three years. But prior to that, I worked at the same hospital for uh, since 1998 um, in always a nursing role. But I was in a um, congenital heart center pediatric ICU prior to moving to the emergency room. And in your, well, 21 years of nursing experience, have you ever seen anything like this? No, I never, never have seen anything like this. The closest thing that I saw to it was in 2009 when we had H1N1, but it wasn't a national pandemic like this is. I mean, we had to bring in additional resources and that type of thing, but not. I don't feel it's going to be as catastrophic as it was not as catastrophic as this will be. How does it feel different at the hospital this time than it did then? Yes, it does feel different. I mean, just for instance, today we put a tent on our driveway to care for patients when the hospital is full and we're trying to keep non-critically respiratorily sick patients away from um, the patients that are there for um, other reasons whether it's just surgical or um, 
just minor injuries so that we can keep them separated. Is that because there's not enough beds in the hospital or is it another precaution? No, no, the bed situation I feel will get very tight, but this is just a way to be able to designate an area for people that are clean and not infected with the virus and keep them away from anybody that has any respiratory symptoms. So besides adding an additional space in the driveway in a tent, um, what other preparations is the hospital taking to get ready for the influx? We've already put into place lots of um, proactive things as separating respiratory patients that are coming in now, switching around um, the emergency room, making one entrance for clean patients, one entrance for patients that are, have some type of respiratory condition, and we can um, triage them accordingly based on their symptoms and their travel. So right now, do you feel like at your hospital there's a lack of resources? Are you running low on resources? Or is your hospital not having those same problems that other hospitals are? No, I think that we are definitely um, being very conscientious of the materials and the personal protection equipment, whether it be masks, goggles, face shields, gowns, gloves, respirators, um, all of those types of things. We're being very cognizant of what we use them for. We are trying to limit the amount of people that go in and out of rooms that require those things just so we don't go through our supply as quickly. So you just kind of walk through like a typical day. So you wake up at what? Five? Five, yeah. Five. And you leave the house at? Ten to six. Okay. And how long of a drive is it from our house to the hospital? About an hour. So I have to clock in at like five minutes to seven. Then we go to shift report. We get a layout of what's going on. Um, if any of the procedures have been updated overnight due to new information that's come from um, the government or whatever. And then um, we get our assignments, we go to our assignments, and then we care for every patient that comes through the door, whether they need surgery, whether it's respiratory, whether they've been in the country, out of the country, all of those things, if they've had an exposure, if they haven't. It just, every patient's individual, so you have to... Um, customize their treatment according to their needs. So we have to be pretty flexible when it comes to that. So how does it feel on the floor? Does it feel anxious? Does it feel stressful? Does it feel like just a normal day? There is a level of anxiety with everybody because we all know that even though this is a profession that we have chosen, every day that we go into work, we have the possibility of bringing home this virus to our kids or our families. So I think we're all doing an extra amount, being extra diligent when it comes to protecting ourselves while we're there. And most, most of the nurses have quarantined their families to limit the exposure to only being us coming home. I mean, we're changing our clothes before we leave the hospital. We're um, showering as soon as we get home, um, all of those kind of things. Um, just so that we can protect our families because we know that this is what we've been called to do I, because I've always viewed nursing as a calling and not a job. So it's not, I don't feel like I can walk away, but um, I still have to protect my family. So I'm taking all measures that I can to do that. Yeah, so we're quarantined here at the house. 
your kids and you did walk in tonight without your scrubs on because you left them. Um, and is there anything else that you want to say? And I know you have to go get in the shower. Yeah. Just for everybody to take care of themselves, eat, drink, rest as much as you possibly can. Don't give the virus a window into your life because if you're run down or anything like that, not resting well, that's just an opening that you can become ill and the virus can take hold. So I just pray that everybody stays healthy and that we will, of course, get through this and come out on the other side. All right. Thanks, Mom. Yep. As I thought about the helpers who are clearly visible in my own life, so many people came to mind. Of course, any and all healthcare workers, but also grocery store workers, truck drivers, factory workers, mental health and social workers, journalists, janitors, delivery crews, the list goes on. My younger brother lives a couple hours away from me, and he works for a vendor that keeps grocery stores stocked. He has been told he is an essential worker, so even though he has asthma, he is out every day replenishing the shelves. I asked him to send me a message from the road. Alright, so I'm just leaving store number three, headed to store four for the day. Uh, Things have normalized a lot this week, which is nice, because last week there was no chance any of us could even come close to keeping up. I think we did three times the volume of a normal week, which is just nuts considering we have no extra employees or anything. So we were stuck working long days, but this week, if anything, it's less than normal, which hopefully means people are actually staying home, which is good because, I mean, less people out, less spreading. That's what we're looking for. So, And less hours in the stores for all the vendors, so... Hopefully we're not as at risk as long as people start actually staying home, which is cool with me. The shelves are looking more normal today. The water's all back. The paper towels and stuff are back. Um, toilet paper's still not. Uh, hand sanitizer's not. And every single customer thinks that we all should have the answers for that. But we tell them where it would be if there was any, but there is not at this point in time. Um, but yeah, I mean, just keep going, I guess. We'll see what this store has. We'll just keep going. Keep looking for ways to show up for our families and friends and communities. Finding ways to be together, even when we're apart. No matter who you are or where you find yourself, you can be a helper. You already are one. Today, I've shared just a small snapshot of the helpers in my circle. Of course, there are so many more. We all have the innate ability to not only look for the helpers, but be helpers just because of who we are and where we are. As my son Asher mentioned earlier in the episode, two of my kids have compromised immune systems. They're more likely to have critical needs from COVID-19. My daughter Eliza, who is four, was on life support for about a month when she went into respiratory distress from a virus last year. 
So please, please believe me when I say, if you are able to, when you stay home, you are being a helper. Staying home and social distancing is a profound act of love for the most vulnerable. You are preventing the spread. You are flattening the curve. Saying that you're saving lives is not an exaggeration. If news programs could make a conscious effort of showing rescue teams, of, of showing who medical people, anybody who is coming into a place where there's a tragedy, to be sure that they include that. Because if you look for the helpers, you'll know that there's hope. To all the helpers out there, thank you. We are in this together, even when we are apart. Before we go, we want to share an important message from our CEO and founder, Jeremy Courtney. Hi, this is Jeremy Courtney, CEO of Preemptive Love. I've cut my salary to zero because I don't want to stop serving and I don't want to lay off any of our 100 plus staff. So before we retreat from the front lines, before we cut emergency food and medicine, before we kill our game-changing jobs platform and forfeit the future, I've cut my pay to zero so no one else has to. And I know you've been hit hard too. If I can be a friend right now, I'm here. Email, reach out, call us via our website, I'll listen. But if you're doing okay, we need you. Our refugee friends need you. Jess and I need you. We don't want to sell off the more beautiful world that our hearts know is possible just to survive. And this team we've built, we can't lose them. We are excellent in crisis. We're nimble and we can stretch a dollar. Please consider increasing your impact today. Go to preemptivelove.org. And if you can, monthly support is massively helpful. You can sign up to be a monthly donor, increase your monthly amount that you're already giving, or give a one-time donation at preemptivelove.org. The light is still shining, and it's us together. That's it for today. We're Preemptive Love on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can visit show notes for this episode at preemptivelove.org slash podcast. Thanks for listening, helpers.